0: Hi, listeners. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend. Whether you had extra time off, time to slow down, or time with family, whatever you did, I hope you are well. And I really especially mean this after hearing from today's guest, Tracy White, who is a survivor of cancer and changed her life to become healthier, have more compassion for her body and just respect what she needs on a holistic level. I actually had this interview with Tracy on a day where I felt so burnt out and so exhausted. And I I wonder if you relate to being in this place that I felt that day and feel on and off where I know I need to slow down but I am scared that if I slow down I'm not going to be able to get everything done. And if you do struggle with that on any kind of level, like for me, it kind of just happens a couple of days at a time or a day at a time. But if you struggle with that on a smaller level or on a huge level where you feel like you haven't taken a breath of air in a while, I hope this episode helps you because I know that we all work really hard doing what we do, caring for other people holding other people's emotions and traumas. And it is so important for us to tune into our bodies, feel what we need, and follow through with it. And you can refer back to many episodes here about why slowing down and giving your nervous system a break is actually way more productive for you at the end you may already know that. I know I know that and I sometimes ignore it, but this episode was a really great reminder that taking care of ourselves, having body compassion can really be a matter of life or death. And I hope you all choose life. So come join me on my Facebook lives for my guided movement explorations, where I will hold a space for you to tune in, get grounded And move the way that your body needs to move. And that is completely up to you. There's no right or wrong way. It's just a space and a time where we can connect and have compassion for your body and learn about yourself and ultimately love yourself. My Facebook page is facebook.com slash DMT, And that's where you can get updates about when I will be going live next. And if you miss the lives, you can always try out the recordings. This is Mind Your Body, a dance movement therapy perspective on the integration of our emotional, cognitive, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being into one more aware and whole existence.
1: So I'm Tracy White, and my alias right now is Badass Cancer Babe. Uh, I am a recovering workaholic and overachiever who was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2016 and spent the last 2 years on a no holds barred battle to save my life and see my son graduate high school and get married and have babies and um when i came through the woods determined that my mission in life really was to share my story in ways that would serve as a cautionary tale of my diagnosis so that a, another workaholic, um, mother would not have to tell her son, um, the things I had to say to him as well as give cancer patients hope. So, um, I started the platform, uh, that is growing, um, Badass Cancer Babe. So I write, I, um, blog. I um, have started teaching classes um, for a 2018 reboot for weeks of bi- mind, body, spirit hacks to stop feeling like shit. <laughs> you may want to edit that out. Um, but it's uh, it's been a really amazing journey um, from the traditional work, work, work your way up through to um, finding myself in the role of survivor
0: and healer Mm -hmm. yeah fascinating story I I read on your on a few of your articles in elephant journal oh good yeah I thought it would be really nice to bring you on and talk about what life was like for you before your diagnosis how do you remember your body feeling on a day-to-day basis or were you tuned enough to even notice
1: yeah, I definitely, on a macro level, have been very in tune with my body. Um, I was a dancer when I was uh, much younger, um, high school and college. Uh, I was a dancer, so um, on a big level, I knew a lot of things were wrong, but I also felt right um, because mentally, I thought I was doing what I needed to do. I um had a good husband and a good job and a house and a, and a great baby and my career was advancing and I was the breadwinner um, and despite my three to four hour commute um, I just figured I was getting old and all the aches and pains were simply because I was sitting in a chair so I did the traditional uh, things I worked out I occasionally got occasional massages I took a lot of Advil And uh, I never much thought twice about it because I really thought everything was fine because I was telling myself that emotionally, but it was the macro level, honestly, because I didn't really have this um, spiritual mind-body connection until I got sick to understand that things like my lifelong IBS was really caused by repressed emotions. I just assumed I was eating something funny. Um, you know, and I'd done food diaries, but I never took the responsibility or was brave enough to cut the things that I were really freaking out my body. So I knew intuitively when I got sick that fixing my stomach would fix my cancer. Hmm. And if I was tuned in with my body, everything was very physical to me. I did not count the mind body spirit connection at all. Uh, So when I got a series of nutritionists that helped me figure out that I was sensitive to gluten and addicted to sugar and I had a leaky gut, on top of that, I couldn't process leafy greens, lettuce, and cariferous vegetables that I was juicing and eating every day for years. It was only when I got down through this illness to the micro level that I really started to understand the connection with my body. And I'm still working on it two years later. Like I'm still achy. So I'm working diligently with my team of healers. Um, I have a therapist and an acupuncturist and a masseuse to try to figure out, okay, what's physical, what's food related, um, and what's emotional. So I think, you know, with a lot of the work that you all do, you're probably far more advanced than I was uh, two years ago, but it's really, it's really awesome to me to learn to understand my body, right? When my shoulder is cranky, is there some, is there something is there a repressed emotion that's coming out? So it's, it's a really fun journey for me.
0: Yeah. How do you distinguish what is emotional and what is physical? And how did you know, like, what were the signs that helped you discover that your IBS was a result of repressing emotions?
1: Um, It really was just going through healing my cancer. So I was diagnosed with cancer the first time uh, in 2008 Um, actually in 2008 I had my son and in 2012 he was four and uh, through a long series of work with my OBGYN following my 40th birthday uh, we diagnosed that I had stage 1 cervical cancer so I had a hysterectomy then it really But that cancer was a very traditional cancer. I had um, a surgery. I was told to go back to my regular life. I did. And I never really thought twice about it uh, because I was uh, commuting several hours and spending, my son was spending more time with his nanny than me after the first cancer. I said, okay, that's it. I got a new job so I could work closer to home. I could spend um, more time with him, but it still was very, very stressful. And so again, the things that were happening to my body, I was attributing to every excuse you could that was someone else's responsibility, not mine, right? It was it was the long hours, it was the commute, it was sitting in a chair. Um, so I learned to distinguish it really when I got diagnosed with cancer again in 2016, uh, intuition was really, the key because I have been a dancer and a swimmer and a marathon runner and a triathlete and a cyclist and a gym rat my whole life so again on that macro level I knew something was wrong uh, and I'd been in doctors since the fall of 2015 but no one took me seriously until uh, November of 2015 I looked eight months pregnant I was so swollen and I'm Hmm. You know, my little tiny 120-pound frame um, was suddenly, I was 100 pounds, and I looked eight months pregnant. And finally, they were and a team of doctors said, okay, something must be wrong. Unfortunately for me, that cancer, too, uh, came back with a vengeance. And the swelling was um, what's called ascites. And that basically is like a blister. You know how you get a blister? It forms that pus around to help heal so i had so many tumors in my gut that um my stomach was making the societies to help protect me um wow. there was not an organ in my abdomen that did not have a tumor around it one was actually 15 centimeters long
0: wow
1: and unfortunately uh, recurrent cervical cancer is a rare cancer so there's no cure and cancer in general in america only has three answers um and that is surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. And because there was so much um, and so many tumors, we couldn't radiate and we couldn't have surgery. So chemo was my only option. And um, my doctor told me you will have chemo until you can't and then you're gonna die. <laughs> and I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I got a son to raise and I got a family to support and a life to live. Like. I'm 43, and my son is 8. This does not fit into my list-making overachieving game plan. Like, um, And he, at the time, you know, oncologists do what they do. Western medicine is great. I did start chemotherapy, and he, my doctor was really, he told me, you know, he was a good doctor. He said, it could be 15 months, it could be 30 years. We don't know with your type of cancer. And what he really meant was, 15 months, and Mm. he expected me to die by my 45th birthday, and I never shunned Western medicine, but I knew I had to make a miracle, and I'm thankful chemo did slow down my tumors, but it also wasn't going to save me, so that's when I started my journey to see my son graduate high school, and I became an information sponge with books and DVDs and podcasts, And that's really through all of that research, that's a long answer to your question of, as I found out all these other people who were saving themselves, because there is just a treasure trove of other people that have done this, it's not rare that I had to heal my mind, body, and spirit if I was going to survive. And that's how I really got in tune with what was um, happening and what I was feeling. So it was my intuition, largely, that said you need to, that it led me to you need to do this, not that. And through that, really learning uh, and asking my body, what do you need? Um, Yeah.
0: Can you give us an example of some of the things that you started to do and, and maybe an example of a revelation that led you to realize that a certain physical pain had a real emotional foundation to it?
1: Yeah, so... I mentioned my IBS, um, and I've had a bad stomach my since I can remember, literally since high school, and it was n- not getting better. at certain, It was get, definitely getting better with the, all the work I was doing with nutritionists, but it was still really, really not normal, <laughs> and I went away on a retreat to Kripalu, which is up in Massachusetts and it got better and but i was eating all these things that weren't on my menu and i thought oh that's unique and then it happened again a couple hmm. of months later when i was up in omega doing a different retreat seeing john of god and again retreats in general were a whole new thing for me like talk about self-care taking like that, that time every... out
0: <laughs> taking that huge pause <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah that the money the time the whole thing that was a huge investment just to say i am gonna go try to clear my head and that was really the revelation that food was only part of it i happen to have a very sensitive system that right now i can't process leafy greens cariferous vegetables or any lettuces okay that's weird i also was weird there was so much tension in my house that when i was on these retreats the reason i was processing food was the lack of stress Mm -hmm. And that was a giant, oh, wow, your body is internalizing all of this stress and you think it's just food.
0: Hmm. That's fascinating. So it was the retreats alone. It was taking the the time to be in a space that was a lot more peaceful and less tense. Yeah.
1: and And that was the big aha. And then as soon as I came home and we had our first fight over breakfast and my stomach was in a good amount of pain again I went oh yeah
0: okay <laughs>
1: guys we need we really need to work on this because uh, it, it's hindering my healing that was a big one
0: yeah that's huge what else do you practice these days where you tune into your sensations and to your body where you can kind of get that signal like oh yeah I realize that this causes this um or when I do this certain thing I feel relieved in this way
1: yeah, um, in general, even the biggest thing that's been key for me in getting to know my body is that self love, that self love of taking myself on retreats. Um, I call it putting my oxygen mask on first because, like, when you get on the plane and they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on before your children, like, so many of us women and myself included weren't doing that. So I was just completely burned out emotionally and physically, trying to be the perfect everything and I was completely drained and stressed out all the time. So that adrenal fatigue just physically dried out my body because my emotional well was empty. So I recognize that now and again, continue to work every day, Uh, it's usually after the fact, there's some emotional meltdown 90% of the time with my family and I think uh oh, somebody's I've given too much and um, I need to stop and go take a nap or be alone for a little while. And uh, my body also really, really um, fights me on exhaustion. So that's another one of my big triggers right now is when I when my body needs something, um, it usually just falls asleep.
0: <laughs> is that productive? for you is it are you saying that that's your your body meeting its needs or is that not productive
1: me taking allowing myself to take a nap has been um actually increases my productivity yeah, and yeah. i think mm-hmm. another one of mine um that has absolutely changed through this is meditation if you had told me three years ago that i would meditate 60 minutes a day multiple times during the day i would have totally laughed at you i've been like are we no way <laughs> Like I don't, I don't have time to, I I just, there's my list is too long. There's no time to meditate, but now I had a healer, um, who insisted while I was going through this, that I sit down every morning and be in silence by myself for 10 minutes. And it was absolute torture in the beginning. And it's now become an essential part of my day. I wake up every morning, um, at 5am before the family gets up and I have to, I journal, I stretch and I meditate. And if I don't do those things, uh it's pretty much there's going to be hell to pay sometime during the day. Uh and I and even this morning, I I wasn't able for some reasons um yesterday ended up being a crazy day and um this morning I was so tired from the crazy weekend that I uh didn't do my meditation and so that was 36 hours of not meditating and I you know ended up in a fight with my husband hmm. at the end I looked at him and I said you know what I'm gonna go meditate and I'll talk to you again in an hour and let's see what happens and um it's been uh key to me a lot of times I'll meditate if uh in the middle of the day which may a lot of times I don't even need a nap if I get both meditations in because it's so restful I do transcendental meditation and I swear by it uh and like many of us it's something i never would have even allowed myself before
0: i got sick yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking of is like how easy it is to get swept up in the pace in the fast paced life and i'll speak for myself i have awareness that i need to slow down at certain points um, i do have my own body signals that tell me that but at that point you know sometimes it's it's not extreme but it feels intense like i get super sensitive to light and sound and stimulation in general where i'm like okay i need to go take a bath and i can't turn the lights on I need to light some candles I can't, if i listen to music it has to be super relaxing and low um, and i just can't handle basic stimulation yeah, yeah i'm very
1: similar that's another one for me it's another mm-hmm.
0: big trigger yeah um,
1: and mine i'll get i'll start shaking or want to shake, and um, my heart will also, I'll get giant palpitations.
0: Oh, wow. Well. You know, I wonder if if you didn't have that huge stop sign in your life in retrospect. Do you think there would have been anything that could have helped you actually move forward with more of the things that you needed to do?
1: No, I think I was so on the track and, you know, so caught up in the way I thought life was supposed to be, Mm. that the universe really had to just give me a really big slap uh, Mm. to say, you're in the wrong life. Like I really took this as a message from the universe. There were signs all along the way for me that I was on the wrong path, that I was, and uh, I say living the wrong life. And uh, I just ignored them. And it wasn't until I got the ultimate ultimatum, which was either you fix your life or you're coming home. Um, and that I really took it seriously and changed every part of my life, uh, from uh, my diet, uh, my house, my job, down to my deodorant. Nothing of the person I was three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's who I am today. And I've actually beca- I'm grateful to cancer because of that.
0: Well, I think I know what you're doing is, is hoping to inspire other people to not have to get to that point. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast, because they're listening, and because I'm doing this podcast, we all know there are more things that we could do, or at least there's a lot of people I've talked to who can relate to me in that way. Like, I should, you know, stop more. I should pause more. I should try to find more silence or lone time Mm -hmm. or breathing room. But there's just so much to do, and there's not enough time. So I guess that's kind of what I'd wanted to talk about. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but well, I can you know. say a couple
1: things that I discovered when that was right, because that was definitely my whole thing, right? I read the right, I read everything, I read girl women's magazines all my life. I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I just wasn't doing it, and so um, especially you know in your community of healers, one thing I think that would is key for women in general, but especially healers is just saying no to things that don't fill up your tank mm-hmm so you know for me that was things like school committees and draining friends and my husband and I loved Game of Thrones and some nights I just had to say no more we cannot have another <laughs> one um because I'm too tired yeah And you know because you're sitting there and you're like oh what happened to Daenerys so you just watch the next one but your body and it just needs to take a break and say, okay, can I really handle this um, or not? You bring a real, really good point uh, that you may not have even meant to, but uh, I was ex- I was exhausted before I got sick. And then on chemotherapy, forget it. That's like a whole level of um, exhaustion that I didn't even know was possible. And I became ruthless about my sleep. And so literally, I kicked my family out of the house on chemo weekends. I was like, I don't even want to see you. I don't want to have to think about what you're cooking because I'm going to sleep all weekend. And I shamelessly took naps in the middle of the day. I started working from home and at night. And I still, this day, am. Um, if I'm tired, I'm going to bed because that is um, the one thing I do have a hard time not listening to my body yet still is taking that nap. And when I was sick, it wasn't an option. But now I'm like, no, I just need to get
0: this done. But I always pay for it later. Yeah. I mean, it's a matter of getting to know your body. And I can so relate to that TV show example, because I've been practicing this for the last couple of years. But you know, you watch a a show that's really addicting, and you just want to know what happens next. And especially if it's on Netflix, it's right there. Right. So whenever an episode ends, I just take a deep breath, and I feel that, like, addiction, that craving for the next one. But then I notice that it passes after two minutes. And it's really interesting because two minutes will go by, and I'm like, no, I'm okay, and I'm actually really tired. And uh, my husband calls me old, even though he's older than me, and I like to to get my sleep, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: you just kind of have to be relentless or ruthless, whichever word you like, to say, nope. I'm going to bed because my husband tells me the same thing (laughs) and I also got really um, what felt selfish in the beginning but I now Mm -hmm. realize is essential on bringing more joy to my life with me dates Uh, so again it was always well I can't go on a me date because I have to do the groceries or or my son needs new things for his science fair whatever it was I made excuses all the time of, of busyness and so I just started taking myself to the botan- botanical gardens or going to the diner to watch people. Or one time I took myself, I really wanted to see Beauty and the Beast. So I just went in the middle of the afternoon when I had the day off. And giving my, allowing myself to have that time is really hard when you're in the middle of your to-do list and everything else that needs to get done. But will, I found ultimately really helps me um, keep both feet on the ground so I can be a better mom, and friend, and worker, and
0: um, boss, and the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you brought up, too, that connects with what you said earlier about saying no. This is something that I've practiced a lot in the last eight years or so, is saying no to something that I, I know will probably offend someone else, or it might be taken the wrong way. Um, Or it would be seen as selfish, but it's like, I feel in my body that if I go ahead and do this, if I travel three hours to go home on a weekend where I'm so exhausted, I had a hard week, that's going to kill me. Not literally, but I mean, maybe in some way indirectly, but I feel like I have to crawl to the car that's right downstairs. And if I feel that in my body, that's a really good sign that I need to just relax and so I think the saying "no" and being selfish could be something that is an obstacle for people. Is like accepting that it's not selfish; it's more like self-respect, self-compassion. What no, you said think, before, self-love.
1: Yeah, it's uh, self-love isn't isn't selfish. It's essential. Mm-hmm. And again, had I not gone through this journey, I definitely wouldn't have known that um, or the importance of meditation. Or even, you know, and writing too was something that was key for me for all of this. You know, I mentioned part, part of my ritual every morning is to wake up and uh, I write three pages of whatever's on my mind. It's very similar to a technique that Julie Cameron writes about her morning pages in the artist's way, if you know that book. Um, some days it's like I'm just bleeding on the page all because what I found is I get so much stuff caught into my brain um my lists have lifts and everybody else's needs and what needs to get done and um I call it my blah blah journal (laughs) and just having the freedom to release it uh onto paper freeze it out of my head and it doesn't stay in there and ruminate and just make uh and turn into other things so um, that's been another big one for me to try to release the emotion so it then doesn't get caught in my body
0: right right you're externalizing it onto paper and
1: but I think it's hard to know what that line is
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's what I wanted to ask you about I'm hearing that you wake up every day at 5 Mm a.m and you do these you know the schedule of journaling and meditation and yeah like how do you know where the line is of where you add something extra and it's serving you and it's creating more health in your life. You know, how do you know when you're crossing that into the line of like, now it's too much and it's actually being counterproductive.
1: Yeah. I have found um, my intuition to be absolutely key in this. I'll ask my body. And this, this morning was the perfect example. It was a big week for me last week. I had a lot of very tiring things and uh, it went right into Saturday, and I, I was out late at a friend's birthday party, which was absolutely brilliant and lovely. Uh, but then we were up bright and early going to, uh, to ski, um, which is very physical, and still, I, I have had an amazing recovery, and I'm amazed I can ski again, but it's still taxing. So I chose not to meditate Sunday, and when I woke up this morning to your question, um, I literally asked my body, the alarm goes off I do set it and I say what will serve me better do I need to wake up and meditate or do I need to sleep and this morning it said sleep
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I know then that there you know and as I mentioned I had an argue with my husband but I asked my body on almost everything the, I mentioned I just started a masseuse and it was a question you know is it's money it's time? and uh, it's taking me away from the things I want to do, but I, every time I, I kept putting it off, and I said, is, and I kept feel, I kept having the intuition, you really need to do this, and so finally I asked myself, do I really need to do this, and I heard yes, and I did, and so I've been trying it, I'm gonna do six sessions with her. Right now it feels right, but I think the, the best thing you can do is your body knows the answer, And you just have to stay open to listening to the answer that it gives you, not the one that you think you want to hear.
0: Yeah, it's really being able to tune into your body and listening to what it's saying. I'll notice I'll have the body in my answer before my mind does, before my brain does. I'll have a feeling of anxiety come on and I have no idea why. It just kind of seems like it's out of nowhere. And then maybe hours later something happens. So it's like, oh my gosh. I knew this was going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's hard to tune in if you're so busy all the time, if you're running, running, running and don't have a moment to tune in. So, um, it's a multi-step process.
1: No, it really is. Cause, and you know, this journey was not easy for me and I go back to meditation, right? When I started, I could not even stop my mind, uh, for 10 minutes without going crazy. Hmm. But over these two years, I really, really jumped into deepening my, um, connection, um, and my spirituality. And I don't just mean with religious side of this, that did it, my church did end up being important to me, but, uh, so did a whole team of astrologers and Reiki healers and energy healers and psychics and mediums and crystals and all kind like, Stuff that three years ago, I would have totally given you the one-eyed eyebrow. Like, what are you talking about? But it really, I can't emphasize enough to anyone that's willing to listen that today's world is so go, 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 give, give, give. And especially, you know, wonderful healers like you who give so much to so many other people is taking the time to listen to yourself, to remember what your message is to your own self and i if you literally look in the mirror and talk to yourself as a friend, what would you say to them? And treat yourself like that. It worries me to see so many people so stressed all the time and that's why I started this work is I just pray that my message will save someone else from not having To wait until they get that dire prognosis. Because it's awful. I had to look at my son, my eight year old, adorable, perfect son, and say, I don't know if mommy's gonna live, Hmm. but I'm gonna do everything I can to not die. And I also happen to be a control freak. So the fact that I could find these other things, I was like, okay, I can do things. Like I don't have to just wait for chemotherapy. I needed something to do to feel like I was. I'd given it the the best shot I could.
0: You did a great job. <laughs> so far, <laughs> not good one. Yeah. Uh, I think. Sounds you know, and I,
1: lo- I love the work you guys do too. I'm interested. I want to actually find um, some dance therapy and movement therapy myself locally because I went through it through a regular therapist. Because the repressed emotions absolutely were one of the reasons I got sick. Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's, um, things in my past that it made sense once I learned what I did, where the cancer was and why it was in my girl parts, you know, having, uh, been a survivor of a rape and all these things. And that just, I kept, I was t- raised in a culture where we just, we smile, we put on a happy face and you pretend everything's, um, okay. And so for 43 years I just repressed 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 and my body finally said enough enough with the stress enough with the with all these emotions and it just it came out in a physical form
0: yeah I mean I think all that existed in in physical form as well all the running around and the stress is really physical and so I don't see any other way it would show up you know even when we think about mental illness, some people think, you know, it's mental, it's mental illness, it's in the head, but it's it's everywhere. It's in the body as well.
1: And I think you hit on something really interesting that I hadn't made the connection before on. So when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. So if you're saying yes to something that doesn't bring you joy, then you are saying no to yourself for something. So... Right, if it's a question of if the only way you can get in your own movement is at 3 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) um, is there something, and again, I know it's absolutely brutal, but is there something during the day that you can say no to to find that half an hour or hour for yourself and the time you need to replenish yourself?
0: Right. There's layers to that too, and it's like the way that other people respond to that. Our ability to not feel guilty about something like that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: The guilt thing is key, and that's when you're told you're about to die, people actually you get a really big pass on saying no <laughs> stuff by the way. So, I had an out there, but um I also because I leapfrogged so many years turned into like an 80 year old woman in the sense that I don't give a hoot a lot of times, or I don't give a hoot as much what people think about me because I understand now that if I give too much, I will pay the price and it affects my health um, and my happiness. So it's absolutely brutal and I get it. And I do still, uh, struggle with it just today i told a woman i would take over something for her and i flunked her yet again and she uh she jumped in and she took care of it but i was like oh man i feel so guilty i'm sorry i let you down she's like whatever no you didn't i let you know i forgot too so i have discovered that what we think people's reaction will be isn't necessarily what it is so if you just do what you got to do and the true friends will stay by you
0: Yeah. And communicate too. The only way you'll know is if you ask. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to invite too much criticism, right? You have to know who to ask and who to trust. But that conversation you said sometimes it's like, oh, that didn't offend you at all. Okay. (laughs) Gosh, I blew that up in my head.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Like we, we think so much, we overthink so much stuff. And, uh, really, if you're just true to yourself and authentic to yourself, um, most people will, will respect that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you had a huge change, a huge life overhaul, but I'm wondering if you have your top piece of advice for someone just to start making a little change, what would you tell them?
1: Um the littlest change is really putting on your oxygen mask first thinking of yourself thinking of what do i need right now to get through this right Mm -hmm. so it's it is getting a little selfish i should say what feels like it's getting selfish when in fact it's just taking care of yourself as much as you take care of everyone else yeah put your oxygen mask on first
0: yeah i like that
1: that's it. Because, you know, my number two is always, you know, your body knows. Intuition mm-hmm. is, you got to listen to it. We in Western society discount it, but intuition is absolutely the key to everything. And the only reason I'm here today is because I listened to it. Um, no, I think this is great. I really appreciate it. I'm honored you, uh, you like my
0: story. Yeah. It's Very inspirational. And I'm glad you're still here <laughs> and that we yeah. can be having <laughs> this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Truly amazing. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it's not where I expected to be three years ago, but Hey, like good life, you know, takes you where you need to be.
0: Thank you, Tracy, for sharing your powerful story. And thank you everyone for listening. Again, I am offering free live broadcasts of guided movement explorations where I will hold that space and that time for you to grow and sustain a body-compassionate movement practice. My Facebook page is facebook.com slash DMT, and I will put that link in the podcast notes. Bye.